Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. You know, Passover, Good Friday, Easter, the cross. There's so much that we celebrate at this time and the world has done everything it can to f- take the focus away from Jesus, to take the focus away from the Passover. So we are looking at it and saying, God gave us this instruction to celebrate Passover through all the generations. In Exodus 12, long before Jesus came, he said, this celebration must be kept forever. This celebration is not just something that you're going to do now and stop. This is something that runs across the Testaments. Exodus 12 and verse 14. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. And Easter weekend has become the great breakaway where people can get away and not go to church, not even on Sunday, because they're at the beach or in the bush or somewhere relaxing instead of being in the house of God. So I'm very excited about today that we are here in the house of God. Compared to last Sunday, eh, we had to bring heaters and everything. Today we need more fans because it's so changed. So I can also say welcome to our third last meeting in this theater. <laughs> First of what may come what may, we will be inside. <laughs> we have a few challenges ahead of us, but first of May we will be inside and take it from there and trusting God all the way. But I am excited about what God has done. We also have a testimony as a family, is that uh, a couple of weeks ago while I was working in Port Elizabeth, uh, Mandy WhatsApp me and said, you know what, I need time to fall in love with you again. So I need some time away with you. This working away and being separated is not a good idea. And that very same day, somebody phones us and says, we've got some points at a camp in Mabula in the bush. Would you like to go for four days on holiday? It was a direct answer she wrote to me i'm trusting god for a breakaway and i'm like "Mm." at the moment there's so many other priorities above a breakaway but when she said she trusted god i had no choice but to join my faith with her and we've just come back we left six o'clock this morning from abula and we are excited to be here with you and to spend this time with you so passover is one of the three feasts that god instructs us to celebrate the first one is now this passover in april the second one is pentecost in may we will be celebrating that inside in our what we call winter church it's not only just for one winter but it it will start in winter and the third one is the atonement feast that we will celebrate in october but these are the three feasts that we are instructed to uh, celebrate okay So I'm going to share with you today seven things that happens when you celebrate Passover. Seven things that you can trust God for in this time 
because there's a specific release over these things at this time. So I want to ask, uh, share with you some of the, the seven things. Passover started 1,445 years before Jesus was even born. So it's not only that we're celebrating the cross. It's not only the weekend that Jesus died and arose again, but it's the weekend of Passover. And um, so Passover was about the blood on the door that says the spirit of death passed over the houses with the blood on the door. That's where the word Passover comes from. Okay, so you have to understand what it is about. It is about a prophetic picture of the blood of Jesus that will protect you from the spirit of death. If you can have the blood of the lamb on your doorpost, in other words, you've made a choice to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, then you become like you have the blood on the doorpost of your life. And for the Israelites, 360,000 homes had to be painted with the blood of the Lamb so that the spirit of death, when it came through the whole of Egypt, it would pass over those homes. So I didn't want to be a lamb in those days. Okay? Instead of Easter bunnies, we should be having, having Passover lambs as toys for the kids. And I, I want a lamb in chocolate, please, if somebody can organize for me. Okay? So, the Passover was the tenth plague that came into Egypt. All the other plagues, there was no instruction to the Israelites. They were saved from the plague just by grace. But for the tenth plague, there was an instruction. Now you have to paint your door. This is a time when things are going to change. This is a time where you need to make a stand. This is a time where you have to make a choice. In the previous ten plagues, nine plagues, they didn't have to make a stand. Just by Jewish culture and by Jewish inheritance, they were saved from the first nine plagues. But the tenth plague came and they had to make a choice. Am I a Jew? Am I standing for God? Am I believing the instruction that God gave? And as they believed the instruction, God gave the answer. So for the Israelites, it was a total shift from slavery into freedom, from being told what to do to living a life with, of choice. The nine plagues and all the times before that Moses went to go and ask Pharaoh for freedom. It's like many of our lives. We've again and again asked and God has done a miracle, but we've not stepped out of that completely. This is the moment where it is complete freedom. It's not only a miracle. It is a miracle with a resultant freedom, with a resultant shift, with a resultant change. And God is saying, this is a moment like this. So we're going to read from Exodus 23 and, and verse 22. Oh, I'm so used to having a screen up at the back to check. But um, there it is. If you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. 
He, the angel will go ahead of you, bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pizzites, and many others. Um, do not bow down to their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break them, their sacred stones, to pieces. Worship the Lord your God, and His blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from you, and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive out all of the Canaanites and Hittites out of your way. I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. So there's so many promises about this time. I want you to say today is the first day of the rest of my life. Tell somebody around you, today is the first day of the rest of my life. Today, not only, you don't have to say this, but today, not only is the spirit of death going to pass over you, you are going to pass over into a new life. You're going to pass over to where all of these promises becomes reality in your life. These promises are not just written there to make the Bible thicker, to have more for you to have a Bible study about. These promises are from God to you, Say, so I have a plan for your life, and I want to take you little by little into something new. So the first part of this in verse 22 was that God promises an angel. Okay, did we read that? Yes. Uh, no, no, it's actually in verse 23. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land. So God is saying supernaturally, I'm sending spiritual supernatural help spiritual beings angels to go ahead of you wherever you go whatever you have to do whatever you need there's moms here praying for their children i want to tell you there's an angel ministering to your child i want to tell you there's an angel speaking to your boss about your increase there's an angel speaking to your customer about business for you i've sent an angel before you there's so many examples of it. I sent out through the home cells this week. Make sure you're on a home cell WhatsApp group that Hezekiah had such an encounter with God in the time. And the angel brought a whole 15 years extra to his life because of this time. And the angel took out 185,000 enemies in one night because of celebrating the Passover. Because of being in that relationship with Christ at the time. In Acts 12, in the New Testament, we read that during Passover, Peter and James were in jail. And they were kept there. And during the night, to just cut a long story short, an angel appeared to Peter and led him to safety. During Passover, there is a greater amount of angelic operation they are ready to step into that time Herod thought he did a good thing by keeping Peter in jail during Passover but by doing that and 
Peter's prayers and the prayers of the, the Christians created that thing that he thought he was seeing a vision. But in reality, he was being led to freedom. So that's the first thing we see angelic. Mm. Number two, God will become an enemy to your enemies. It was in verse 22 we read that. That the very people that come against you in business, in things, God will oppose them when they're opposing you unfairly or unrighteously or incorrectly. So not every Christian guy that doesn't do what you want to do is your enemy done pray this prayer over them I'm saying where an unrighteous person in an unrighteous way comes against you he will have the wrath of God against them verse in verse um, 28 God will give you prosperity that is where he says I will have a blessing upon your food and your uh, water that is that he will bless you with food and water your basic needs are in operation as a promise from the time of Passover. He said, the moment you come out of Egypt, I have blessed you with food and water. And as Christians, that's one thing we have to have as a basic. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. God's going to take care of you. I can promise you there's many times in our life that we have been in desperate need of basic food and in the most funniest miraculous ways God has provided for us sometimes somebody would say to us come with us to pick and pay and we think we don't want to go with you to pick and pay <laughs> it's like a weird invite <laughs> you know and they buying groceries oh what do you like bully beef or baked beans or whatever and we choose one and <laughs> why are they buying what we like but they buy like thousands of rands worth of stuff. And they come at the end and they push the trolley out and they say, it's yours. How did you know we didn't have food in the house? How did you know we were in trouble? Other times we just hear a doorbell ring and find packets in front of our house. Don't always pray for money. Pray for the need. Because the blessing says... I have blessed your food and your water. Just expect that you will have enough food and water. Just make it your own. Yes, we work in a living country and in a time in history where you need money to pay bills and electricity and water and all kinds of things. But understand that God made a promise that is not negotiable, that you will be okay and you will have your basic needs met verse 25 and 26 says sickness will be taken away from you we've just heard a testimony that God is busy working Pelesa's life and so many others we are seeing God dealing with sickness yes sickness comes against us as Christians we don't just not come against us but we can stand on this word that God you promised that sickness will be taken away from us and we need to operate more in faith and let this grow into our heart that there's a promise that will come through it. We will get through it. Number five, no miscarriages. Oh, ladies, this is a promise that God gives and that we need to make our own and stand on. Secondly, it will give us long life with health. Hey, God has promised you long life. 
and I want you to expect a long and fruitful life. Satan will tell you that you're old and you can't anymore and you must get ready to die and you must get ready. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I've got a plan still. I want to do something. Make that promises you. Oh, number six. God says in verse 30, I will increase you little by little. Now, most Christians don't like this. They want <laughs> tomorrow everything that they've ever dreamt of, everything they've ever asked God of. And yes, that does happen. But God is saying that you need to grow to take up into the place that you have prepared for you. You need to develop into maturity to handle what I've got for you. So I'm going to open up your promised land at the same rate that you are growing. Does that make sense? In the same way that you get ready, I will open up for you. So expect God to little by little increase you and take stock. Where were you last year, Good Friday? Have you increased? Maybe I haven't. Maybe I'm in a worse position. God, well, I'm calling out on this verse today. Can we put it up the verse that says little by little? I think it's verse 30. Little by little, I will drive them out before you. Let's just step, stop there for a moment. Expect continual change. Expect continual increase. You are not in competition with anybody else. The only thing you have to do, you must have grown from where you were last year. You must be in another position from where you were last year. Expect that little by little change. I've seen things that grow consistently, outgrow something that grows up fast and then doesn't grow and then has a spurt. The thing that just grows consistently, little by little, little by little. That is what I'm trusting for in my life. That's what I'm trusting for in Frontline. I wouldn't like a hundred new people here tomorrow. Why? Because I don't have the leadership or the structure or the capability to care for a hundred people. Eighty of those hundred people will leave church hurt because I don't have the structure to care for them. <laughs> Isn't that true? I'd rather have ten every week and be able to grow it little by little. And the same thing with money they say people that get the win the lottery like we all would love to lord let me win the lottery even if i didn't buy the ticket um we all want to win the lottery then our whole life is going to change but they say most of the people that win the lottery die poor because they didn't grow little by little so their capacity of handling it didn't grow with the provision and that's why we have to trust God God let me grow that little bit by little bit in every aspect in my capability and in what you put into my hands okay verse 29 says that it won't all just happen in one year it will be consistent growth over time consistent all the time coming and coming and coming so expect this Passover to be a change just like it was for the Egyptians it's not just a little while of blessing and then back into slavery. A little while of breakthrough and then back into trouble. 
They were out of it forever. They passed over. Not only did the spirit of death pass over, but they passed over from slavery into freedom. So this is also a day and a time when we are passing over. We are celebrating that the spirit of death passed over the homes and we know that we can call on that same anointing that when the spirit of death comes at us we can say God we have the blood of the lamb upon us we have the blood of the lamb on this home we have the blood of the lamb on our own homes at home and we expect when the demon come against us he will have no victory because God has already started operating in our life all right so we will have continual breakthrough continual process of it the second part that we celebrating or the third part if the first part is the angel of death passing over the homes and the second part is us passing from slavery into freedom then the third part is Jesus not passing over but taking up the cross because he could have passed over the cross and said hang on this is too much because he did say Jesus God if this is too much if God, I'll do it, but if it's your will, I'll do it. But if there's any way, let me pass over it. Let me get beyond it. But he had an encounter with God in the garden, and he said, I will do it. And so we're celebrating the fact that Jesus did not pass over on the cross. We're celebrating the fact that he did go and pay the price. So let's look at John 18. After Jesus finished in prayer, he left with his disciples and went across the Kidron Valley to a place where there was a garden. Judas the traitor knew where this place was, for Jesus has gone there often with his disciples. And the Pharisees and the leading priests had given Judas a large detachment of Roman soldiers and temple police to seize Jesus. Judas guided them to the garden, all of them carrying torches and lanterns and armed with swords and spears. Jesus, knowing full well what was about to happen, went out to the garden entrance to meet them. Stepping forward, he asked, Who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. Now Judas the traitor was among them. Jesus of Nazareth is a reference to where Jesus came from, but also to Jesus the ruler. Nazareth, by its position and by its whole place, was a place of Jesus the ruler so at that moment they're saying we are looking for Jesus the Lord they are saying by their own words that they're looking for Jesus the important one and what does he do he steps forward and says I am he now some commentator says that that he was added on later by the translators he came forward and said I am and when he came forward and said Yahweh he called on the whole name of God because I am is Yahweh in their language and it immediately had an effect what it was the effect and the moment Jesus spoke the words I am he the mob fell backwards to the ground it was roughly 500 soldiers that came with Judas to arrest Jesus and when he said, I am he, or I am, all 500 of them fell down backwards. 
as a young Christian, I always wish Jesus would have wanted to show his power and just gotten off the cross quickly. Let everybody see that he can get off the cross and then get back on the cross. But I never knew that this piece was in the Bible. Jesus showed his power when they came to arrest him. If I come to arrest somebody and he speaks a word and all 500 of us falls down, that's about 10 times the amount of people that are now here, or falls down when he says two words, I'm running away. I'm not getting involved in this drama. This is not for me. But at that very moment, Jesus showed who's boss. He showed that he was fully in control and that everything that happens after this is by choice. By that moment when he carried on. So once more, Jesus asked them, who are you looking for? And they stood up. They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. I can just imagine them. We've seen people fall under the power of God. Some people do it willingly. And every now and again, you see the power of God just knock somebody down. Sometimes you see the power of God knocking somebody back over a couple of years. My mom, who's now in her 80s, but she was, must have been in her 40s, late 40s, said, I don't believe in this falling thing. God, if you want to make me fall, you will have to knock me down. I've also prayed that prayer. Don't pray that prayer because it's not fun. Okay? So my mom says, I'm not falling here. I'm, she was a relatively sophisticated Afrikaans lady, well-dressed, and said, I'm not making a fool of myself here. It's only these crazy young people and these happy, clappy English people that will do this. I, I'm not part of this thing. And one day, a man called Dr. Samuel Doctorian came to our church in Paul Elizabeth. And he prayed for the, from the stage and 2,000 people went down as one. My mom went over two benches and fell that there. And dignified sprawl all over the place, as you can imagine. And you must let her tell the story. She will embellish a lot more than what I do. But the fact is that when the power of God knocks you down, something shifts in your life something you realize that this is supernatural you realize this is not what you can conjure up or work up and that happened to all 500 soldiers and they still took jesus to the cross they still went ahead and took him to that place to sum up what i wanted to say here over a few pages is this our Savior let out a little beam of majesty of his deity. He just let out a little bit of his authority. Just 500 people falls out. So then you, the whole cross isn't something that happened to Jesus. It is something that he chose to let happen. It is something that he said, I'm stepping into this. Because on a Friday in April, on a little place under the aftak and some sails, there's going to be somebody sitting that says, I need to have a Passover experience. I need to sort my life out. I need to understand that God is real and God wants to work for me. 
We're going to partake of communion in a moment. So ashes, get ready. Mom will continue with this on Sunday morning about what will happen at the cross. But I believe that today you need to take cognizance of this thing. That this is a season of change. This is a season where the moment Jesus moved from Lord to Savior. From Lord to Lord and Savior. See, up to there, they often called him Rabbi. Means teacher or Lord. But nobody called him Savior. But the moment that he got on the cross, he became Christ. He became the Savior. He became the one who's paid the price for you. He became the very blood on your doorpost. He became the very blood on your doorpost. Let's hand out the communion. I don't want to keep us long today, but I believe that God has an appointment with people. Kevin, will you give me one too? Thank you. I believe that many of us need that kind of encounter. When all our plans and all our own strength and all the things that we think we know how to do. Thank you. All the things that we know how it works. God just shows a little bit of who he is. And 500 people falls down. Some of you are like the Israelites in that while during the plagues. Every time that the pl Moses went to go and speak to Pharaoh, uh, the uh, Egyptians were more harsh on the Israelites. So what I want you to understand that sometimes it looks like God is not answering. Sometimes you've been back nine times. Because nine times Moses went back and spoke to Pharaoh. Nine times God did a miracle, but nothing really changed. And I believe many Christians are in that place where they see a miracle and they experience the power of God. And on Sunday they're all excited about Jesus. But when they go back Monday morning, Life is still hell. Life is still difficult. Nothing has shifted. We're still operating in that slavery place. But there was the night before that garden experience that we just spoke of. Where Jesus poured the cup. And he took the bread. Even though Judas was sitting right there, he could still have a meal with him. And he said, this is going to be what you're going to use to remember everything I'm going to do next. I took the bread and I'd like you to break it. He said, this is my body broken for you. And we have to understand that many people have died for Christianity but nobody else did it absolutely by choice. Did it even though you could walk away from it any minute. So partake of the bread and celebrate somebody who gave their life for you so that you can have a whole life.
you know, the beauty of the blood on the door. So Jesus never asked what's going on inside the house. Is there peace in the home? Is everything okay here? Is everybody behaving correctly inside the home? He just asked, is the blood on the doorpost? That allows us to say, I don't care what you've done or where you've been or what you didn't do. I want to just ask you one thing. Is there blood on your doorpost? Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Because that is the same effect as having the blood on the door. All the questions are stopped. All the judgments are stopped by that one act of sacrificing a lamb and putting the blood on the door. Now Jesus was our Passover lamb. Jesus was the one who gave his blood so that we can stand today. So every promise that you wrote in here this morning, and especially the promise of forgiveness of our sins, was paid for by this blood. This is just um, representative of his blood. But God said, celebrate this to remember what I'm going to do. And so we celebrate who you are, Jesus, and what you've done. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Worship team. Come up. Worship team, we're going to do one song. And while we do the song, I'd like you to ask yourself, have you put the blood on your doorpost? I'm going to give you a chance after the verse that we sung. And then I'm going to ask you, if you need prayer because you've never chosen Jesus, because you've never said, let the blood be on my doorpost, and you're hearing all the questions and all the concerns and all the stuff, it's worried about being inside. But God's worried about the choice. And now when we finish singing, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand let us pray for you because God wants to today let you pass over from slavery into freedom. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.